Hey everybody, the ADP battles must continue in today's episode and I brought in a ringer to test my skills. It's Devin Davidson of the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast. He's joining me as we dive into player average draft positions. Tage or Kaprasov, Crosby or Zabanajad, Zegris or Big Koozie? Who would you choose? We make our choices. If you want to find out who you need to target in your upcoming drafts, why don't you tune in and we'll tell you. Let's get the biz. This is Apples and Genos. You are listening to Cream of the Crop. Hockey Podcast presented by Apples and Genos. All right. I'm your host, Blake Creamer. Please follow me over on X slash Twitter at Blake Creamer AG. Apples and Genos has a Discord as well. Click the link in the description. You get in there, you talk to like-minded fantasy managers. There's also some best ball drafts that Nate is running right now. So um, definitely get your biscuits in there. You know, we're drafting on the regular, so it's lots of fun. Also, Apples and Genos has a YouTube. We do stuff over there. I mean, if you want to see that, you know, this face, it's I can't really sell it very well. I mean, this is what you're looking at. So, you know, if this is doing it for you, get over on YouTube there. Um, we've got some mock drafts that uh, were done recently, and we posted those. So get over there. But that's not what we're doing today. Today, we have another ADP battle, an average draft position battle, and I've got a worthy, worthy adversary here. This man is the is the host of the Fantasy Hockey Hacks pod, ha, Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, and one hell of a nice guy, Devin Davidson. Buddy, how has your summer been, my man? It's been great. Thanks for having me on, Blake. I'm really excited to do this. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a face for radio, so I've been told. That's why I do podcasts. I'm, I'm glad we're doing a YouTube video here. No, yeah, exactly. Let's let's just put our faces <laughs> up there and let the let the public decide. You know what I mean? Okay, fair enough. Right? Fair I, enough. Yeah. I think, yeah. Well, and and me compared to you, I don't know. This is not making me look good, right? He's <laughs> oh, a very sure. handsome man. If you're listening, I'm definitely going over to YouTube and check this man out. Just a just okay. a beautiful man. Check uh, out the video. Yeah, we're digressing. Um, all right, <laughs> buddy. Um, how's things been going with uh, hockey hacks? You guys are back up and crushing as usual. Yeah, man, it's been great. We've had a lot of fun this summer. We've had lots of uh, lots of great guests on. Uh, we got Michael Amato actually coming on on Thursday, so that should be fun. Um, who do we just have? We had uh, we've had Stephen Ellis, we've had Matt Larkin, we've had uh, lots of really really good guests on. It's been interesting. It's been a fun summer. Uh, we're in the midst of our fantasy previews right now for all the divisions, so it's good. Yeah, it's really good, valuable stuff you guys are pumping out there. And I'm I'm like you. I love having guests, you know, because there's just so much to uh, th- that everyone has to offer, right? Um, so I, I just I'm really big on getting guests in here and getting different perspectives. Yeah, for sure. So it makes a good uh, makes for a good podcast. Am I right? There it you certainly go. does. All right, that's nice. Um, and also, buddy, we're in a league together now. We talked a little offline, but we did it. Devin and I are playing in a fantasy league next year, so you know, keep your eye on that, people. All right, this is a grudge match. Am I right, Devin? Uh, I mean, I thought it was just a friendly competition, but oh. we'll, we'll go full grudge match. I mean, oh, yeah, we damn. can do that. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> no, you know what? I'd rather let let's let's just keep it friendly. That's nice. Um, uh, it's, I'm looking forward to it, though. It's going to be fun in in Nate's expert league. It should be it should be a good time. 
Yeah, we, we got a, a league that's called, um, we call ourselves experts and Nate's in there, some other Apples and Genos <laughs> guys, Josh and Banksy, Devin's in there. Um, just, just a bunch of beauties. So I'm really excited about that. It'll be fun to play with you this year. Yeah, for sure. All right. But all those uh, things aside, we need to do battle, my man. All right. So we've done a couple of these ADP battles. I'll give you the premise uh, really quickly here. Basically, um, we just look at two players that are close in average draft position. And Devin and I decide which one we're going to take. And we talk about why. We might debate which of these players we're going to choose. So that's the premise of the show. It's been going well. I've had a couple battles already. I've got some battle scars, you know, just to prove it. So, you know, take it easy on me, Devin. All right. Do me a favor. Anything for you, Blake? Oh, that, that anything. Oh my God. That's Any, well, within reason. Let's play. <laughs> no, that's a verbal contract. No, that's, that's uh, here for everybody to see. All right, buddy, let the battle begin. All right, cool. Um, so Devin, um, what I'd like to pose to you, we've got uh, round one here, pick 12. You're at the turn in your draft. And uh, sorry, I forgot to mention this. We'll do we'll do points leagues with, you know, some minor banger weighting. So maybe something like 0.5 per block and 0.25 for a hit, something like that. You know, so I don't, that's not, I don't think that's going to change any of your projections, not mine either. So, but anyways, that's what we're doing. Okay. We've got round one, pick 12. You're up, you're on the clock and you're staring at uh, Kirill Kaprasov or Tage Thompson. Who are you taking, my man? Yeah, this one's tough. I honestly, at pick twelve with these two players, I, you can't really go wrong either way. But and I do kind of want to lean Tage Thompson. So you and I are just talking off air about how the Buffalo Sabres are going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Um, Tage Thompson is one of those sexy picks. I think he's ranked fifteenth in Yahoo right now. So at twelve, um, you know, he's right in the in the ballpark. But I'm going to stick with Kirill Kaprizov uh, based on our our projections that we have for him so we've got him at 100 points and 47 goals and thompson uh at 92 points and 46 goals and and part of that is sort of around the team situations but also individually so thompson career high almost 16 percent shooting percentage last year um he shot at 12.3 shots on goal per 60 can he improve on either of those numbers next year i'm not entirely sure that he can it's possible for sure he could but um he looks to be like he's redlining in some of those those rate stats already um, and the other thing is his team's even strength shooting percentage with him on the ice was 10.7%. So that was high last year too. So there are lots of luck metrics that you look at that mm-hmm. kind of make me go, I'm not really sure that Thompson's going to, you know, drastically improve on what he did this past season. Um, and then looking at the team situations, Minnesota kind of came back down to earth last year. So two seasons ago, uh, they were second, I think in their team's even strength shooting percentage, uh, in, in the entire NHL. And last year they came down to earth at something like 7.5%, which was below league average. And and so I think we're going to see that sort of regress positively this year where Minnesota is kind of getting a bit more puck luck. And Buffalo, on the other hand, they were scoring more goals last year than they probably should have been. So I'm thinking they're going to, as a team, regress a little bit the other way. So it's kind of, it's, it's a, a mixture of both team situations and uh, the individual. The one thing I do like about Tage Thompson's situation is, is obviously he's got Rasmus Dahlin on the power play. You look at Kaprizov, who's he have on the power play? He doesn't have that that stud D-man. He's got Kalen Addison. Um, he's got some options there, but it's just not to the same degree. So uh, I'm going to take Kaprizov, but really, I kind of wanted to take Tage Thompson. I just don't. I, I couldn't hear. So. 
Yeah, no, lots of good stuff there. I, I agree with you. I think Tage is is a is a more uh, he's more fun as a pick, right? Because sure. yeah. I I just think yeah he's he's on the way up. Whereas we've kind of forgotten a little bit about what Kaprasov can do, right? He had a little bit of an off season where he was injured, still scored forty goals. I mean the guys the guy's a unit. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, and I did like what you said too about Rasmus Dahlin. That's something I I thought about and then I forgot to you know kind of flesh out in my mind but yeah what does minnesota have they got kaylin addison there on the power play which could be could be reasonable and they haven't needed anyone really to to do damage there it's a great power play there in minnesota but this all said i'm taking big tage because i'm a fun guy all right i do that um but yeah these are definite comparables to me um yahoo right now tage is his adp is 13 and cap is at 15 so um cap at 15 that's crazy that's crazy value. This is, uh, he could be a first round guy, honestly. Um, yep. So, we, you know, if you're getting him at 15, you're loving life, uh, first off. But for me, one of the main factors uh, in this decision is the elite shot and chance generation for Tage. And mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. He, it, I, I'm not sure that he redlined. I think this is kind of the player that Tage is. So even if that regresses, it's not going to have a huge regression. He's just a great shot and chance generator. Right. And he's he's shown that over two seasons and even showed that in the season where he didn't pop off. Like he's still shooting a ton. And obviously, I, I think this is a player that's that's really broken through, um, you know, 11 plus shots on goal per 60 over the past two seasons, combined with 10 individual scoring chances for uh, per 60 in 20, 2021 and 12 last season like that. Those are big numbers. Right. Um, thing, at Apples and Geno's, we like, you know, 10 shots on goal per 60 and 10 individual scoring chances for per 60. If you can get to those numbers, that that's when we're looking at an elite offensive weapon all right and that's what tage is he's an offensive weapon he's an absolute unit uh whereas yeah kaprasov was humming around nine 9.76 in his big season for shots on goal per 60 so yep. you know it, it's 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 not a huge deal right there's other things at play it's not just those are the only factors you know cap is he, he's a beast like he's such a he generates his own offense there's no question there and i love him but to me tage shows out a little bit better in the metrics that i like to evaluate players but yeah, they're both dominant players, aren't they? That that can create their own offense. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just like Tage. You know, what do you what do you got to say about that? No, I, I absolutely like I said. I was kind of leaning towards Tage Thompson anyway. It was just when I looked at some of the metrics, I went, well, maybe maybe Thompson sort of just it's a wash at the end of the day. But one thing that I f- actually forgot to mention was Kaprizov. He's approaching or he's at 203 NHL games played. So if you put any stock in the 200 game breakout threshold theory that could happen this year too. And that says that players at times, it's not guaranteed, but they can see a 25% increase year over year in production. So does that magical fairy dust appear for Kirill Kaprizov <laughs> next season? I, you know, time will tell, but uh, that, that is the next factor to consider as well. And I think Tage Thompson falls in that exceptional category because he is six foot five or six foot six. Yeah. So his breakout is closer to 400 games, right? So um but I think you're right. Like that is the player Tage Thompson is. He's just finally gotten the opportunity. He can show it. Um, so I don't think he can go wrong with either player, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. And and honestly, I, like I I look at the teams as well. Like I just think Buffalo has a better offensive environment for fantasy. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. Like Tage has more options to keep his on ice shooting percentage up. Right. Where um, you know Buffalo was third overall in offense last season in goals for, where Minnesota was 22nd. Right. Yeah. And that's all done on the first line. Right. What they what what Kaprasov did. And and well, I guess Boldy and then what am I talking about? But yeah, it just falls off a cliff for the bottom six. Right. So, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I like Tage. I mean, what did you project Tage for again? Uh, 92 points and 46 goals. But, you know, saying that 
it wouldn't shock me at all if the man puts up 50 to 55 goals and 100 plus points. Like, I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah, it was just yeah. based on some of the metrics I looked at, I, I was a bit conservative. So, yeah, for sure. I've, I've got Tage for 96 and 53 goals. That's what came out with my my uh, calculations. And uh, I truthfully, I have Kaprasov for 104 points with 53 goals. So, um, okay. but to me, Kaprasov is a ceiling projection and Tage is, is, has headroom to go, right? So I would still choose Tage there, but I mean, it's potato, potato. You get either one of these guys on your team. You're loving life. Am I right, my yep. man? Absolutely. Sweet. All right. Well, there we go. Hello, Mr. Thompson. I think he's talking to you. That's the first uh, That's the first pick. Now we're heading to round three. Oh, actually, before I move on, I did want to pick your brain just about the turn there. Um, and I was going to talk to you about value over replacement uh, briefly. Just how much stock do you put into value over replacement? Because when I'm at the turn, I like to go forward and elite defense. And I found that Kale McCarr has, you've been able to get McCarr kind of on the on the turn there. Or I yep. even picked Yossi on, you know, not at the turn, but it was like the second pick of the of the second round and and that seemed a little bit high but i was i was going value over replacement what are your thoughts on that yeah i i agree 100% i think that's really important for for me in my first 10 picks i want to make sure that i'm getting at least two or three quality high end defensemen um and so at the turn yeah i've i've done that before and that was my example i used too you read you read my mind mm. uh Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen. So last year I was able to get both those guys at 12 and 13. That's an elite stack. And if you can do that in the first round, I, I walked away really, really happy with that. Um, I, I think value over replacement or positional scarcity is something you need to address in the first five, six, seven, eight rounds. Um, Cause you're not going to find those types of defensemen in the mid and late rounds of any draft really. So uh, unless you get lucky and there, and there's some injuries, uh, you know, to the top defenseman or something, but um, yeah. And, and to like Yossi is another one, but, probably like you said not at the turn you're gonna find him somewhere in, in rounds two or three so um the other thing i've done and and i know nate's probably gonna be shaking his fist somewhere is, is i've uh at times in certain formats i've taken two elite goaltenders at the turn so if it made sense let's say i was staring down vasileski and hellebuck or vasileski and shesterkin or some, some mixture of those guys and the league actually valued goaltender wins or some sort of category that was very specific grabbing two elite goaltenders to start my draft i've done I don't do it anymore. I haven't done it for a couple of years, but it is it is a strategy that I've employed and it's worked out fine. Oh, you're wild, man. You're going crazy over there. Oh, <laughs> you, you're taking all the G's, all right? You're going full G, hashtag full G. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I, I'm going to give Nate your info. I'm going to give Nate your location. All right, expect a visit. All right, that's, that's I all will. I'm going to say for about sure that. I will, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> all right, that was a fine battle on the first pick there. Thank you very much, Devin, for your service. Let's get on with the second pick. All right. We got round three, pick 25, and you're 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 in the market for a center. You're looking at the legend, Sid the Kid Crosby or Mika Zibanejad. Which way are you going? What do you think? Uh, it, it's Sid the Kid for me, and I'm looking at his production over the past three seasons. He has been the more productive player at all strengths at a 3.45 points per 60 versus Zibanejad's 3.06 points per 60. And more importantly, even strength production, Crosby has 162 even strength points. Zibanejad 135. Um, shot rate has been great for Crosby. He, he has continued to go up and up over the past four seasons. Uh, it's a smidge higher than Zibanejad. It's not a huge difference, but enough to uh, make a difference for me. And Crosby covers a couple categories that Zibanejad just doesn't. So if your league includes penalty minutes uh, or faceoff wins, 
Um, those are two things to keep in mind. And Crosby, it's a substantial difference. 978 faceoff wins versus um, Zibanejan's 692. So for me, that's that's a big difference there. Um, and for Zibanejad, the one thing that he does have over Crosby is goals, power play goals, and, and power play points. Um, but the X factor, the thing to keep in mind here is, is what does Eric Carlson do for that power play in Pittsburgh? Um, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what happens there, right? They were 14th on the power play last season at 21.7%. Uh, I know the, the Rangers were a touch higher. I think they were sixth or seventh in the NHL last year. So just a touch, still, just a touch, just a touch. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, advantage them. I think it was 24% for them on the power play, but you know, can Carlson make up that difference there? Um, and I think he's going to be really motivated. And I think for me, the Penguins in general are going to be much better this season. I think, uh, after missing the playoffs by a point or two, uh, those two losses to Columbus and Chicago still irk me. I can't believe it. I think I had Jari actually in net. I couldn't believe that they didn't get those two wins. But um, I, I think just they're going to be a very motivated squad coming into this season. Uh, it's kind of last dance time for these guys. And you've got Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Carlson, uh, Latang possibly, Rust on that top power play. So lots of weapons. Uh, I like Sidney Crosby over Zibanejad. Although I will say, and, and Tyler will attest to this, I'm a big Zibanejad fan. I've been drafting him for many years. So, uh, again, probably can't go wrong with either pick here. Oh, you better be my guy. We're talking about Mika Zibanejad. He's a legend, but, I mean, he can't hold a candle to Crosby. When you're talking legendary status, oh, man. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with with what you're saying there about Pittsburgh being better this season. Yeah, they just they just fell off at the wrong time last season. That was that was rough to watch, you know, especially when you got these guys there. Like, yeah, their window is closing, right? But I, I love the trade of Carlson to Pittsburgh because, yeah, it keeps that window open for sure. Um, and I absolutely agree. I think this is a playoff team next year, and they're going to be better just because they have Carlson there. I mean, this guy just won a Norris, right? But uh, that said, I'm not sure that it helps them on the power play. Um, you know, it, of course, getting Carlson on the power play is, is going to be a good thing, right? But it's going to be a different thing, a vastly different thing, right? You have a much different player in Carlson now having to share, you know, the puck with with these guys, these beauties, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, you know, before he was passing to, you know, Tomas Hurdle and uh, yeah, who the hell else? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> Noah Gregor. I wanted to mention that again. Um, so. Yeah, I mean Carlson's not going to be needed to do all this stuff again, so we'll we'll see how that plan how that pans out. I'm not exactly sure that's going to equal more production for Crosby on the power play, but yeah. That all said, um, this is this was a tough one for sure because how do you not take Crosby? He's a he's a beauty. I love Crosby, and he's he's fading. I think in drafts just due to his age and his you know the previous injuries he's had, right? But I'm yeah. going to make a case for my man Zibby. All right. Um, Crosby's currently going at 18 on Yahoo and Zibby's uh, ADP is 26. So he's right behind him. Uh, but I think these are two players with uh, different trajectories currently. Um, I definitely don't uh, think that Crosby or I don't doubt that Crosby can do this again. Right. Um, when digging into his stats, like this guy's the model of consistency throughout his entire career. Like the variance is is ridiculous. Um, like he's just an elite player and he has been pretty much his whole career. So you got to love that. But he's got a lot of mileage on those legs. Um, you know, he's a 36-year-old man, old man withers, all right? Um, I'm not tired. Yeah, so, you know, he's he's basically one foot in the grave. No, that's terrible. That's that's morbid. I don't like that. Um, I'll edit that out. That's fine. Um, but he played a full 82 games last season for the first time since 2017. Congratulations, my man. Who saw that coming, right? Him and Malkin. That's insane. Like those guys probably won leagues for guys, especially Malkin. They actually yeah. just, you know, off topic here. Did you get Malkin anywhere? Like, um, 
or were, were you do you draft with injuries in mind and things like that? I mean, it's it's a part of the equation for me. It's not. I mean, if I'm at the position to take Malkin and and I'm getting value on that pick, I'm not going to say ah, I'm not taking him because he was injured last year. Like. Mm-hmm. I've been burned by guys who have been injured. Obviously, everyone's dealt with that, but it's so unpredictable, and so you kind of just have to go: Is this the best player based on what I know about him? Yeah, and and just and just take that chance, right? So, um, I've had Malkin in the past. I think it was the year he he had like a career worst season, basically. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I was a bit sour about it, but I think great player, and if him and Crosby can stay healthy, uh, they can do a lot of good. So. Yep, absolutely. No, I love that. Just something I've been asking a lot of people because there's been lots of discussion on our Discord about, you know, just just baking in injury risk into player projections. And I don't do it. And Nate doesn't do it. And yeah, it's kind of, I, I like kind of projecting for the full 82. And then it just yep. levels the playing field. And, and you know, if a player's has a big injury going into the season, yeah, then I'm like, okay, I'm not so interested. But just calling a guy like, you know, injury prone. I'm not into that, right? Like another guy, uh, Barkov is a guy that's fading yeah. like crazy. This guy could get a hundred points this season. For so, sure. you know, yeah. Anyways, we're digressing. I'm digressing. Devin's <laughs> right on point. So let's carry on with that. Um, one thing I want to say, yeah, Crosby's definitely going to get more production at even strength, but he also gets two more minutes uh, even strength time than Zibby does. Uh, that was last season anyway. So yeah, the production is definitely going to be more there. I think pound for pound, Zib can, can keep up with him at least. You know, at least in this this part of his career, um, and and power play, like you said, Zibby is far superior at this point in their respective careers. So, um, you know, Pittsburgh power play going to be interesting to watch this season with Carlson. Like I said, I don't think it automatically equals extra production for everybody. Not all pee times are poo poo times, but all poo poo times are pee times. Because you know he has a gravity around him. Um, so, and I'm not sold on that power play getting a ton better. And I, t- truthfully, I, after all this said and done, I am concerned with Crosby's health as well. Not, not to not draft him, but if it's between him and Zibanejad, like a younger guy, that's not as, you know, hasn't had c- concussions as well. Like that's what Crosby deals yep. with, right? Like you take a bad hit, like, okay, you're out for a couple months. Right. So, um, you know, and all sorts of other stuff. So um, just for Zibby too, I think he's fairly consistent. He's an elite power play performer. He cooked for 39 power play points last season. Dear God. Um, he that's likes ex- the power play. He does he like the power the, play. Yeah, he likes the power play. I mean, who doesn't? You know what I mean? Um, it's it's a fun time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they were <laughs> New York was an interesting team last season, especially when they they picked up Tarasenko and Kane. I think those guys kind of changed the makeup of that team. And Zibanejad, actually, in the last quarter of the season, he lost a little bit of ice time. And I think, you know, you could probably point to those players there. Kind of just everybody, yeah. we need to spread those minutes around, right? But those guys, get the hell out of my sight. They're gone. It's the Zibby show, all right? Um, so I think there's potential for more production there. And just my projections in general. I've got Crosby for 88 points next season uh, with 32 goals. And I've got Zibby for 95 with 38 goals and 40 okay. big ones on the power play. So that's that's where I'm going with that. I, I'm taking Zibby here. But again, it's a toss-up. And I love Crosby because he's getting faded, right? Um, and he's, he's going to be value in drafts for sure. Hello, Sydney. Uh. Hi. Uh, you you kind of read my mind there. I think that's totally going to be the case this year with Zibanejad, with Kane, and with Tarasenko gone. He's going to get a few more minutes. Um, in your projection, do you know roughly how many expe- minutes expected time on ice you, you were kind of considering for Zibanejad? Yeah, let me look. He played last year. Yeah, yeah so he was, he was just under 20 minutes last season. Let's take a look. Um, yeah, I think I probably got him around the same, but let's take a look. Yeah, tw- just over 20 minutes. So, you know... He, he went down to like 17, 
something in the last quarter of last season. So I think I've got him. I've got him for twenty, just over twenty for the season yep. here. So he could have had more last season, honestly, if if he didn't, if those guys didn't show up in the last quarter. So we'll see. I mean, this if if I'm giving him twenty, like he has twenty one potential, right? Like he's one of for those sure. guys that they can feed minutes. So more minutes equals more production, and uh, we like Zabanajed there. I think Crosby's redlining. I, I actually have him taking a little step back in his ice time, just because. You know, he's he probably has arthritis, or you know, old man withers. Yeah, he's he's got old man. He's got some prune (laughs) juice in the water bottle. You know, he's 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 bunged up. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Uh, Crosby's the legend. He's got that old man strength now, so I think just take that into consideration, right? Big time, but he's got the baby face. It doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> like he's just out there lifting big bales of hay, but you know, just a face of a thirteen-year-old. I don't know where I'm going with this. All right, let's carry on. I'm taking Mika. You're taking Crosby. You're right. I'm wrong. Here we go. Um, okay, next one. We're, we're going. I digress there, as I usually do. All right. Number three, we're in round six, all right? The draft is cooking, and we need a D-man, and we need it now, all right? We're looking at pick 74. I've got Zach Wierenski and Brent Burns locked and loaded. i got to take one of them. Who are you taking, Devin? Uh, for me, it's going to be Zach Wierenski here, and there's a couple reasons why. But we actually spoke about Wierenski in our top 10 bounce-back candidates. Uh, you were on the show with us for that one. And we had him projected for 54 points and 15 goals, and I, and I do think that's maybe a bit light. Um, depending on what happens this year. And again, if he can stay healthy. Right. Um, but he's got the potential. <clears throat> I like what they're doing in Columbus. I like the addition of Adam Fantilli. I think uh, Patrick Liney being healthy and Johnny Goudreau and your your boy Boone Jenner, which I know you're a big fan of. Um, they're going to make some sweet, sweet music in Columbus. Okay, so it's going to be good. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. I do have a theory, though, and I wonder if part of my ceiling for a projection for Wierenski is the fact that they brought in a few guys in Ivan Provorov and Damon Severson. Does he get a few less minutes five on five? Do they want to keep him fresh and ready for the playoffs? If that is a possibility. Um, so that in my mind may limit his production a little bit. Um, and then the, on the flip side, looking at Brent Burns, he's 38 years old, man. You talk about old man withers. Uh, <laughs> this guy, he's not I'm a spring 43. chicken anymore. Oh my God. This is a young, Sorry, young man. buck right here. What the hell? <laughs> All right. That's fine. Carry on. Carry on. Yeah. So I, I think, and, and the other thing, the other part of that equation too, is that they brought back Tony D'Angelo. And the only reason, in my opinion, to bring back Tony D'Angelo is to run the power play for you because he can do it. He's not a great defensive defenseman. Um, there's been, you know, there's some smoke that he's maybe not the greatest guy in the dressing room either. I don't know that personally, but I'm just saying, why else to bring him in? And if that's the case, Brent Burns' value is certainly limited. His shot rate did look a little better last year after being down significantly yeah. in the few seasons prior to that. But um, And they kind of just do things by committee in Carolina, right? And I think offensively, I just, for some reason, Columbus, at least at the top end of that lineup, looks a little bit sexier to me. Uh, I'm going with Renski this year. There's nothing sexier than the top six in Columbus. Oh, baby, it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not true at all. All right, no. but, you know, I <laughs> with these ADP battles, I try and, you know, make a case for the other guy, you know, and in this case, I just can't, right? I got to take Wierenski, too. Uh, Wierenski, um, major, you know, I'm in love with this man, all right? He's great. I love the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's great. Um, he's a great defender, and... Um, I've got it for 67 points, actually, including 23 goals. All right. This this is a 20-goal threat here Ooh. in Zacharensky. So, 
you know, that's a bullish projection. Okay. Um, you know, I'm taking, I'm taking that for sure. Actually, when I've been doing my projections, they're all almost done here, but I, I end up kind of on the high side on a lot of my projections. Like this is the first year I've done it. So, sure. you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of factoring that in, but I'm a positive guy. You know what I mean? I'm an optimist. I think that's my like problem it. right there. So we'll see. Anyways, uh, 67 <laughs> points, 23 goals. I don't see a big re- a regression coming in as even strength minutes. Um, I, like even if it does, that's not, it's not going to be big and I, that's not where i'm expecting him to get most of his his or do most of his damage right like i think yeah. he could get you know more offensive minutes right and leave like he's probably going to get a regression in shorthanded time right with uh, provo and, and severson there like zach Wierenski last year had like a 20 percent uh, shorthanded share right that could go to zero you know what i mean he could just lose all those minutes right which who cares like he's not getting any points on the on you know going shorthanded, right? So it'll be fresher for offense. I think that's yep. something that can maybe happen. But I mean, both of these guys are a great source of shots from the back end, and that's something that I covet big time. Like those are the defensemen that I'm big on. And Brent Burns has been doing it for years. Zach Wierenski, I think he's ready to pop, especially with this team in Columbus. Like you said, I mean, Johnny Gaudreau, Line A, um, Boone Jenner, Adam Fantilli, I think is going to have a nice little season, 40 to 50 points probably, you know. And then Kent Johnson's going to be a lot better. I, I like that mm-hmm. player low-key. So just just some more threats there, right? Columbus has some more threats. Um but I do think that both of these guys, the reason I chose them together is because they are similar, right? They're both 20-goal threats, in my opinion. Uh, but I just like Wierenski's position a little better. Um, they've committed to him contract-wise. He's a lock for PP1 and top pairing, right? Um, so I like that. Um, one thing I, I do want to say, obviously Burns is a more proven guy, but as he said, it's getting crowded there with Tony D'Angelo. That's how I like to say Tony, Tony <laughs> D'Angelo. I also picture Tony D'Angelo skating around on the ice with a collared jersey. Just collar up, you know what I'm saying? Like just up. <laughs> hey, Tony, slick back hair. This guy's a dingus, all right? There's no smoke. There's fire, all right? This guy's a complete just <laughs> jerk off, and that's fine. I, I don't want to say it. Is, is your show, you can say it, I can't say it, but yeah. Yeah, that's yeah it. <laughs> you know what? That, that's fine. Tony, call me, buddy, all right? we can work it out all right that's fine i know he's a big listener of the show so you know sorry tony (laughs) throw you under the bus there um but yeah i think they brought tony d'angelo in to me as a supplemental offensive piece right brent burns is 38 so i think brent burns is power play one no question in my mind but tony d'angelo's there if anything falters and he's gonna run like he's just there as a supplemental piece if somebody gets injured then they can throw tony d'angelo in there right he's gonna get sheltered minutes so i'm not too concerned about that you know, I think Burns could outperform his power play points output from last season as well. I have him projected for 62 points, including 17 goals, right? And like I said, these are both ceiling projections for these boys, especially uh, ZW. But uh, I really believe this guy ready to pop with the upgraded talent there. And I'm taking Wierenski all day. The ADPs on these guys, check this out, on Yahoo, 83 for uh, Burns. Wierenski is 153. Ooh. And we're both taking him, right? People are napping. Yeah, so keep an eye on Wierenski, right? I mean, you don't have to take him at this point in the draft, right? We're picking at pick 74. His ADP is 153. What the hell? That makes no sense. So, hmm. I mean, just something to think about, right? It, it might start evening out, right? The ADPs have gotten a little better over there at Yahoo, but 153, yep. what what are we doing here? Let's get Zach Wierenski on our team and do it now, all right? All right. But well, we're both taking him. All right, next one up, we're in round nine. We're looking at pick 110. Okay, the draft is humming. We got Devin's favorite player on the Vancouver Canucks, Big Kuzi, Andre Kuzmenko, <laughs> or Trevor Zegras of the mighty Anaheim Ducks. Who are you taking at pick 110, my man? 
Well, it's probably not going to come as a surprise to you that I am not going to take Andre Kuzmenko oh, for next year. Oh, God. No. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And, and not because I don't like the player. I mean, I think a lot of Canucks fans out there thought I personally hated this man, but that is not the case. I, all I was simply trying to say was that his numbers were astronomical last year. Nobody shoots 27%, which was actually the third highest among all players over the past 25 years to play a minimum of 40 games played in the season. Yep. His secondary assist rate per 60 was at one. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Um, so that's impressive. Kudos to him for doing that. Uh, team even strength shooting percentage at 13%, and he shot 37% on the on the power play. That was first among all players. Dear for God. reference, Leon Dreisaitl was just over 30% on the league's best power play ever. That's, that, that, okay, all right. That's, that's a fair point. That's a fair so, point, my man. Kuzi. I love you. You're an elite shooter. You're going to do just fine next to, to Petey over there in Vancouver. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch, but I'm not taking you this year based on those numbers there. Instead, I'm going to go with Trevor Zegers, who at 180 NHL games is approaching his 200-game breakout threshold, um, which we had talked about earlier, so that could be a little bump in his production. Um, I do like some of the personnel they have there, right? I think Jamie Drysdale should be better this year. Uh, Troy Terry's going to be Troy Terry. Uh, Mason McTavish, maybe he does something this year. Uh, I don't think Leo Carlson's going to play this year. I don't expect him to, right? But I mean, there's a chance he'll get a look in preseason and, and maybe gets a few games to start the year. We'll see. Um, and then there's a bunch of just complimentary pieces there. But I, I mean, Trevor Zegers, I think, will be better. He's in his fourth year um, or third year. Where is he? Third or fourth? But anyway, 180 initial games played anyway. But go, uh, doesn't matter. Irrelevant. But the other thing I was looking at too, last year he shot 12.5% of the power play on 32 shots on goal. Uh, the year prior, he was at 26% on the power play with 34 mm-hmm. shots on goal. So I think there's some room for growth there on the power play. Um, he had a 45% reduction in secondary assists per 60. So 0.35 last year compared to 0.62 in 2021-2022. So expect a few additional secondary assists from that man. And then uh, he shot the puck less last year. Uh, less last year as well. Right. He was down to 7.2 shots on goal per 60. I think his ceiling is, is definitely higher than that, maybe closer to that 8.6 I think he had two seasons ago. So um, I'm, I'm more bullish on Trevor Zegers. I don't love the team as, as a whole, right? I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to take a big step forward this year, but I, I just, if we're comparing these two players specifically, uh, I feel a little bit more comfortable with Trevor Zegers. And I think I've got him projected for 28 goals and 78 points this season. Uh, as I've said previously publicly, I think I'm drafting Kuzmenko this year as more of a 30-30 guy with with the understanding that there is potential for significantly more if I'm way off the mark on his, his statistics. Right. Makes absolute sense. I mean, I love Big Kuzi. I'm not targeting him this year, right? I mean, we have to expect regression there. That's common sense, right? Regression in some of those statistics, but maybe positive regression in other ones, which we've talked at length already before. I think he's going to shoot more. I think he's going to get more ice time. Um, so that's that. But, uh, you know, just for fun, I'm taking Big Kuzi here. All right. We're we're <laughs> at pick 110. So, you know, I like, I like Big Kuzi, you know. So I, I think... I think they're comparable, right? I've got Zegras uh, projected for 70 points next season. I've got Kuzi for 68. So, you know, I'm, I'm a Vancouver boy, so I got to take Kuzi. All right. That's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at here. Um, before I get into, you know, talking some, some good stuff on Kuzi here, um, what, how much kind of, how much stock do you put into this 200 game breakout? Cause I, I know you've mentioned a few times. I know Dauber is big on it and yep. I've looked at it before and I, I it's not something that I kind of use very much, but I've heard you mention it before. And like this, what, what's your, what's your thought on that? How much stock do you put in? I just find it interesting. So it's not the first statistic I look at, but it's it's like when I'm going through these players and looking at it, um, 
and, and generally I'm using frozen tools, right? So it's like, yeah. it's sitting right there. It's a big, bold number sitting in red, you know, close to 200 games. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting because they've provided yeah. many, many examples over the years of guys who it's, and it does, it's not like you hit 200 games and you magically become a superstar. It's just, right. it's within that range. And, and it seems to happen with regularity. Um, it's not an exact science by any means. And so if we're looking at hard numbers and trying to project players, it's not something you should rely on, but it's just, I think a point worth mentioning if he's, if he's in that range, you know what, that's maybe just an X factor that's worth taking a swing on. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. Um, and shout out to frozen tools as well. It's a great fantasy hockey website uh, to get all your statistics and stuff. So check them out for sure. Just Google frozen tools. You'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I'm taking big koozie. You know, I have to have, if I have you on, I got to talk about, got to talk about big koozie, your favorite. Community, Absolutely. Right? Well, yep. I'm glad uh, we had the opportunity to, cause I took some heat for that on Reddit and on Twitter. So Canucks fans are disgruntled buddy. And you know, and you're, and you're in the kingdom here. You're, you're an Oilers fan and your team is, is freaking ridiculous. They're incendiary. They just haven't won, but they've won in the past too. Oh man, you're loving life. I mean, what the hell? We're over here just just scraping the bottom of the barrel, my man. We've we've been in the league since 1970. All right, well, I, hey, I I got I got to ask you: Are, are the Canucks going to make the playoffs this year? Because I I actually do. I like a lot of their players, and I think if if Demko can just stay healthy, yep. you guys have a real chance to to make some noise and push for a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good teams right now in the Western Conference. I think the Canucks will be a lot better, definitely. Uh, playoffs, I'm not sure about this year. They might they might be close, but I, I just I don't think it's going to happen. But I haven't really projected what I think the teams will do, like the actual divisions. But, I, I mean, first answer, I would say no. But it's been a small sample size with the new coach. And now they've upgraded their defense, right? Carson Soucy, Ian Cole, um, you know, and just development on these players, right? So... Plus, Ilya Makayev is going to be back, and you know he's he, he should make a difference, right? So, yeah, it's yep. just too early to tell. But if I had to, you know, put a gun in my head, I'm saying no, I don't think so. They're not making the playoffs this year, but they're going to be a better team, harder to play against, and you know we got to sign Patterson. Holy man, I hate when a sure player do. comes out and he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to wait. You know, that's, it's like, <laughs> no, say you love the city, say you want to stay here, you ding dong. So we'll see, you know, but uh, obviously that's going to be a huge piece of them locking up Hughes and Pedersen because Pedersen, he's like a, he's training to be a first round guy in drafts this year, or at the very least, like early second Pedersen creeping up there. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I I, I mean, he had a great season, no question, but a lot of it was in garbage time too. So keep that in mind. Anywho. All right. I got to talk about, uh, you know, the best head of hair in the biz, big koozie. All right. Yeah, he's uh, going to be regressing. Uh, definitely, this man will not shoot 27%. Uh, I think you know what I'm going to say, though, right? Predict more time on ice, more shots. Uh, and one thing as well, I, I just from the eye test, like the reason his shooting percentage is so high, and I think he is going to be a, a, a very efficient player, like a high converter, is because he's uh, where he scores his goal from uh, goals from. Like, I swear, he had like a dozen goals last season where they're just legit tap-ins. Like, his stick's on the ice in the crease, and Pedersen passes it off his stick, and it goes in. Like, he did nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, like, he's just he's just good around the net in those high-danger scoring areas. That's where Kuzi eats, right? So, I think yep. he's going to be a high converter for his career. 27%? No. Right? But, you know, 16 to t- to 21%? Maybe. Right? That could be that could yep. be the wheelhouse for Kuzmenko here. But that's still a big regression, right? But, um you know, he had 13 power play goals last season. Many of them were just literally shots that he tipped tipped in off his stick, 
right? Um, he's elite at that, like thick Joe Pavelski, right? He's kind of, he's like a, he's like a more dynamic version of Joe Pavelski, in my opinion. You know, he's, he's not Joe Pavelski. All right. Don't, don't, don't hold me to that. I mean, Pavelski's got some, <laughs> some tenure and, you know, lots of stuff going on, but Kuzi's, he's on his way. Right. And we're talking about pick 110 here. So like I said, I'm not taking Kuzi in my drafts at this point, um, but I like Kuzi's access to PD. Right. They got some chemistry. Sure. Um, I feel confident in his power play deployment. And I think the Canucks should be a lot better uh, next season. Like I said, not a playoff team yet, but more structured, harder to play against. And I agree, too, that uh, Zegers is going to be good next season. Um, and he's likely going to improve his point total. Like I said, I got him for 70. But I think it's going to come down to me to the Canucks power play versus the Ducks power play. And the Canucks power play, as bad as they were last season, that power play was good. Right. And it's all the same characters. Right. It's, you know, and they're, they're better, right. They're um, so like, I, I just think I trust the Canucks power play more and Kuzi's role on that power play, just based on what I said, like this guy's just go set up over there, my man. And he's just really good at, you know, knocking these, these pucks in the crease uh, in the crease area. Right. So um, nothing's really changed in Anaheim besides the new coach. I think that could be a really good thing for Zegris could be a bad thing as well, but apparently this coach is like kind of offensive minded. And he's got some offensive-minded players there. Oh, I think, what's his name? Cronin? Cool name. Sounds like a superhero. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I like the Ducks this year. And obviously, they have an amazing schedule, too. They have all those off nights, as usual. It's going to be Cam Fowler season uh, streaming all year long. Oh, my God. But uh, anyways, oh. I'm taking I'm taking Koozie, but uh, you're probably right with Zegers there. All right? Let's, let's agree well, on that. And I think that Dallas – you make a good point there. I think Dallas Eakins being out of Anaheim – is going to make a big difference. Like as, as someone who watched Dallas Eakins coach in Edmonton yeah. for a couple seasons, and he just, he was not any good with the young players, him and Taylor Hall butted heads big time. <clears throat> I think this is going to be a big change, a, a positive change for Trevor Zegers and those young players there in Anaheim. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a better situation for them. So anyways, I'm excited about the ducks. Uh, let's move on. All right. We're almost done. We got two more picks. Thank you for your service, Devin. A uh, fun fact, everyone. Um, we, the power went out the first, uh, Devin and I were trying to do this and the power went out. All right. So he's, he's graciously agreed to come back and finish the episode. Devin, I appreciate you, my man. Um, I will be releasing the five minutes that Devin stayed on the camera, uh, to YouTube <laughs> just so we can, you know, just, just, if you want to see a handsome man, uh, for five minutes, just not doing uh, anything. We'll, we'll definitely, we'll put that video out on YouTube. Uh, you know, so Good I was just there. trying to be a, a good a good guest, you know. I was hanging out until you came back, and you just never came back. That's, so. yeah, yeah, that's that's well, you know. I was, I guess, I was done. You know, that's that's fine. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Um, okay, we're in uh, the fifth pick here. We're in zero G territory. All right, you need a goalie. You waited appropriately. All right, you're not drafting any goalies. You waited. All right, you waited to round eleven. It's pick one forty, and we got to get a goalie now. All right, you're looking at Freddie Anderson and Tristan Jari. What are you doing? Who are you taking? Well, it uh, may surprise you since I just talked about how great the Penguins are going to be. And, and I, I do believe that Tr- Tristan Jari personally is going to be better this season. But I'm going to go with Freddie Anderson here. He was really, really good in the postseason, finished with a 5-2-1 and record, a 183 goals against average, and a 927 save percentage. He also had a 5.7 goals saved above expected, which was fourth in the postseason. So he looked really sharp. Of course, the one obvious concern there is that you've got Antiranta and you have uh, Pyotr Kochetkov. And if you put any stock in injury history, which we've already talked about, uh, you may have some concerns about Freddie Anderson. He is an aging goaltender at age 33. But those things aside, 
I like the Carolina Hurricanes. Their defense got better, at least on paper, bringing in Dmitry Orlov, yeah. um, Tony D'Angelo as a depth option. But they've now got in their decor, Jacob Slavin, Brent Burns, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, Dmitry Orlov, and Tony D. Um, that's a that's a pretty damn good decor. So uh, based on that, I really like Freddie Anderson for next season. Um, they are also, Carolina was second in the NHL in goals against per game at just 2.56. So lots of good things team-wise. And that's something that I do take into consideration is, is the team in general. How are they at shot suppression? What does their structure look like? Um, that, in my opinion, all comes into play when you're looking at goaltenders, uh, especially if your league does count wins and if that's if, you, if you're rewarded substantially for wins. Um, so that's, that's the way I'm leaning. I think Tristan Jari, though, should be better. I think um, he's shown in the past he can be a very, very capable goaltender. I've I've stood up for that guy many times after he made that that pass out to the the middle oh, of the blue line God. in the playoffs. Yeah, Bruce, does, he doesn't like to forget that one. But uh, I, I think Jari would be good. I don't think he can really go wrong either way here. And the other thing that's nice about Tristan Jari, he's not really competing for starts the way that Freddie Anderson is going to have to. If Freddie Anderson falls in his face early in the season, there's two other guys sitting there you know, waiting for starts. So uh, that is, I, I guess I would caution uh, fantasy managers that way, but at the end of the day, I think Carolina is still going to be a better team than the Pittsburgh Penguins next season. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt in my mind, Carolina is elite, right? In terms of, like you said, shot suppression and uh, chance generation, right? Chance generation and shot generation. They were uh, number one in the league in Corsi four per 60, number one and number one in Corsi against per 60. So mm-hmm. that's a nice place for a goaltender to live, right? <laughs> like, it sure is, yeah. You know, and not to mention, like Anderson is the better goalie. I, I, I truly believe that 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 Freddie Anderson is better than Tristan Jari. That said, the situation is no good. Like, you know, I gotta take Jari here just because <laughs> the three goalie situation in Carolina, and then Rod Brindamore, buddy, amazing coach in real life. You're pissing me off for my fantasy teams, my man. <laughs> Get Sveshnikov on the ice and do it now. All right, yes. but. Um, yeah, he's, he's dinking around there, but obviously he knows what he's doing. But yeah, who knows what he's going to do with these three goalies, right? They're all legitimate guys. They signed them all. That, it was a surprise, right? <laughs> like, like yeah, okay, what, well, yeah. they're going to get rid of Ranta because we got Kachetkov here. They just signed him to a nice little deal. No, nope. they're, they're signing them all for money that, that actually says to me that they're going to play them all. I bet they go three goalies there this year. Well, what did they pay for, for Ranta and Anderson? It was, it was cheap, wasn't it? Like it was... I can't remember, but it was five million bucks or something. Like it was something absurd. No, it, so yeah, I'm just pulling it up here. So I mean, one million five for Ranta. Um, Kochetkov signed a four year, two million dollar deal, right? Two million per, and then they signed uh, Andy for three point four for two years. What okay, the hell are we off, doing yeah. here? My <laughs> God, like they're gonna play all three. So that right there is the only reason I'm taking Jari because the situation in Carolina is much better. Anderson has shown to be a better goalie, even with the age. So, you know, it is what it is, right? If at this moment I'm taking Jari because um, he's the guy there now. Like I said, he's only he's only competing with uh, Alex Nedeljkovic, and he's a legit backup, yeah. right? I think Jari could do 60-plus 60, 60 starts this season, full workhorse load, right? Um, he's never really he's never done that in his career, but he's you know he played 58 in 2021, and he had a great season there. Goals saved above average was 21.12. Bang. All right, yep. and then he came crashing down to earth last season, right? And they kind of you know just fizzled out at the end there. But 
Um, yeah, Pittsburgh with uh, Carlson as well. It's to me, they're going to be a playoff team next season. Um, and it's just more, you're getting more wins. You're getting more saves. I'm sure Anderson will probably have a better goals against and a save percentage. Right. But I think I'm looking for a volume starter here and I'm taking Tristan Jari. I think we got to do it, but you know, I, I, that's pisses me off so much about Carolina because that would be an amazing <laughs> goalie to, to target. That'd be the goalie I'm targeting because I don't know about you. Uh, you were kind of alluding to this, but that's how I value goalies. I don't really dig in too much into the statistics. I look at the team statistics and kind of, you know, a goalie going to a new team as well. I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try and stay clear of that, but I look at a goalie that's, you know, into the system, like, and playing well in that system and uh, is getting starts. And unfortunately, you know, Anderson works well in this system, but who's getting the starts? If 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 Ranta and Kochetkov go bye bye, Anderson is is going to be an elite goaltender for you in fantasy. But I just don't see it happening. Well, to me, the way that they've structured those contracts, it, it tells me that they don't think Kochetkov is quite ready for prime time, right? And I think it also tells me that they're concerned about Freddie Anderson going down with injury or and or anti Ranta, right? So it's like yeah. we need three capable goaltenders because one is kind of green and the other two are are old men who are going to you know, break a hip or something. So um, they got to have all three guys for security. They don't care about our fantasy hockey teams, no, right? No. They just, it's their, they got to win that cup. So, but yeah. that, that team is a freaking wagon though. They're, they're insane. Like Orlov and Tony D'Angelo picked up for nothing. Yeah. Right. Like, crazy. and Sveshnikov's coming back full, full tilt. Like that, yeah. that's going to be an elite team next season. And yeah, I mean, Carolina, of course, like what the hell? I, we're suffering over here, man. Damn it. You know, they got they got a freaking beautiful team there in Carolina. You know, they got their 20,000 fans, but that's probably it. They're all at the game, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Selling out the arena, they're just very, you know, faithful fans. Meanwhile, we're here in Vancouver just, you know, oh, kicking a can down the road. I don't even know where I'm going with this. But, all right, let's move on to our last. All right, this is the sleeper round, all right? And I am going to pick your brain on some sleepers after this, buddy, because – you know, if I got a professional on here, I got to get the goods. I got to get the straight goods for our listeners. I got to give you some value. So stick around to the end. I want to get some uh, some sleeper picks from Devin here. But we're at pick 200 in round 16 in your fantasy draft. And you're looking at that Edmonton Oiler legend Connor Brown or Seth Jarvis of the aforementioned Carolina Hurricanes. What say you, my man? Who are you taking at pick 200? Oh man, this one's tough. I, I really want to, in my mind, believe that Connor Brown can just step in after playing all but, f- or missing all but four games last season due to an ACL injury and play right next to Connor McDavid for a yep. full 82 games, put up 35 goals and 70 points. I, I don't think it's realistic, right? Um, at the high end, I think Connor Brown can probably provide you with 50 to 55 points and 20-ish goals if all goes well mm-hmm. and he stays healthy. That's kind of where I can see him. Um, Seth Jarvis, on the other hand, we just talked about what a wagon Carolina is going to be again. Obviously, there's some concern because, as you said, Sveshnikov is back and healthy. So looking at what they did in the postseason, Jarvis was great. He had 10 points in 15 games. He played 20 minutes time on ice, 339 in the power play. Um, He looked great. I mean, he looked like a, a legit top six winger with power play one time. I don't think we can bank on that, but I think... This is a guy that there's a lot of potential there. The pedigree's there. And I'm going to go back to that breakout threshold. He's got 150 NHL games played. He's going to reach the 200-game mark probably sometime in January. Um, I can see Seth Jarvis having a big second half. I think there's more there to give. So I'm, I'm kind of at this point in your draft, in the, in the 16th round, I think this is the point where you, you take some swings. And both players, I guess, would be considered a swing. But 
Connor Brown to me, I'm just I don't know how high that ceiling is. Seth Jarvis, I think that there's some some room there for growth. Um, I'm going to lean Seth Jarvis a little bit for this one. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Um, that makes total sense, and I have to agree with you on this. I can't, in good conscience, I really thought you were going to take Connor Brown, by the way, so that's why I <laughs> threw him in there, but um, yeah, I'm, this makes total sense. I think you got to take Jarvis here because of the ceiling, right? Um, Connor Brown, like, I mean, you know, as an Edmonton Oilers fan, like, just playing on a line with McDavid doesn't equal production, right? Like, right. like look at Ty Ratty, look at Kyler Yamamoto played there. Like, I mean, who are the other legends that played there that, that weren't yes, really getting Yes, Yeah. Oh, big, big time. You know, uh, and he had pedigree. So yep. it, it it's, it's, I remember this with the Sedins too, uh, with the Vancouver. Like, you can't just throw somebody on the line and be like, well, they're with the Sedins. It's going to be fine. It's like, no, they, they play a certain way. Like, Connor McDavid is a special, unique player and you have yeah. to complement that, right? And if you don't, like you, you can't just people are like, I could go out there and put my stick on the ice and get 50 points. It's like, no, you can't. All right. This is like <laughs> this is the NHL. This isn't some clown league. Right. So anyways, uh, that that's long story short. I, I'm definitely taking Jarvis here. And I love what I saw in the playoffs there. That's really that that got me excited for Jarvis right off the bat. I've been talking about him all summer. And yeah, things are a little more interesting there in Carolina. Right. And again, you've got Rod Brindamore just throwing the lines in a blender and you don't know what's going to happen. I am a, like Toivo Teravainen. I'm low key concerned and not concerned, but I'm low key concerned that he'll boost back up the lineup. Right. I mean, uh, he's, he's a, he's been a point per game player or close to a point per game player. And he's not that old. Right. And he had a lot of things. I'm talking Teravainen right now. Uh, yeah. A lot of things last season that, you know, he had the death of his grandfather and he had like a major injury he was trying to deal with. Right. So, you know, if he comes back in and he's he's fully healthy and good to go, they could throw him back on the top line with Aho and you know uh, the Michael Bunting the Bunt cake, right? Um, and and then yes. Jarvis is is cooking away on the third or fourth line, right? And then there goes our value, right? So I think for Jarvis to be valuable, he's like right now Daily Faceoff is showing him as the top right winger on the top line there with Aho and and Michael Bunting. So I'd love to see that. That was sort of he was with Aho in the playoffs and then power play one in the playoffs. Um, right now, Daily Faceoff is showing Stefan Nason on Power Play 1. Get this man off the Power Play, damn it. No, no. Oh, he, he does nothing. We can't draft this man. This is pissing me off. Um, no. So, yeah, get him. I, I honestly think Nason will be off there and we'll get Jarvis in there to start, hopefully. Right? But, I mean, yep. like you said, it's it's a swing pick. Both of these are swings. I think the ceiling on Jarvis is much higher. Connor Brown might have a decent floor because he's playing with McDavid, but – He's never been that kind of guy. Like his, you know, his production over the years, like his best season was 43 points in Ottawa in, in 2019. And he played 20 minutes, over 20 minutes on ice. He's yeah. not going to get that with Edmonton because no. he's not getting power play. I mean, he'll get a uh, Buku shorthanded minutes, no question. But like what I, I just don't see it coming to fruition for Connor Brown. So I'm taking Jarvis all day. Book it. All right. We got to do that. Done. Um, all right. So speaking of sleepers, my man, Devin, can you give us one or two or more from uh, the fantasy <laughs> hockey hacks vault? All right. Um, who are you guys liking as late round sleepers this year? Give give us give us your best. Give us give our listeners some value here. Well, there's a few. I mean, I know you guys. Uh, I'll, what I'll do is I'll just rattle these off, and then I'm going to talk about one or two of them. Awesome. Uh, so so Ross Colton, Dawson Mercer, Owen Tippett, uh, Gabe Velarde, Quinton Byfield, Brant Clark, Devin Levi, and Dustin Wolf. Um, one that I, I'm really intrigued with and I, cause I've been talking to a lot of guys who are big in a dynasty this year yep. and, uh, including Victor, Nuno, you know, who I think you've had on the show here recently too. So, uh, Dustin Wolf and that guy has proved everything he needs to at the AHL level 
22 years old, which is a bit young for a goaltender, right? They don't typically mature until they're 24, 25 years old. But he's a 77, 20, and 7 record with seven shutouts and a 927 save percentage over 105 AHL games. Two-time goalie of the year plus AHL MVP last year. Um, Dan Vladar and Jacob Markstrom. We all know Jacob Markstrom has struggled mightily over the past season or two. I think based on the contract, he's, he's just going to be gifted the starting position and, and try to work that out. Uh, Dan vladar has got two seasons left on his contract. But, I mean, there could be a scenario where if one or both of those guys falters, they bring in Dustin Wolf because Calgary still wants to win, right? They're, they just, every year they do this, they try to win, and they either just make the playoffs or just miss the playoffs and, and get middling draft picks back. And so right. I think there's an opportunity there. At least uh, the door is cracked open a little bit for Dustin Wolf to maybe do something. Just someone to keep uh, in mind. Put him on your watch list. Um, Devin Levi, for talking about goaltenders. Love Devin Levi for next year in Buffalo. We talked about what a what a fun, exciting team they're going to be to watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very limited sample size. Like in seven games last year, he had five quality starts, ranging from a 912 to a 944 save percentage. Um, there's really nothing there in Buffalo. You got UPL and you got Mike Comrie. Uh, why wouldn't you try and play your young stud? Because he's played about as many games as these other two guys have. So um, I'm going to give Devin Levi a shot. I was just talking to Flip Livingstone, actually. He was on our, our uh, podcast here last week. Yeah. And he said at plus 2,000, that is a bet you may want to put a little bit of a sprinkle on for the Calder Trophy because there's a chance if Buffalo is going to make the playoffs, if they're in the playoffs there's a good chance that Devin Levi probably had a hand in it and he could be this year's Stuart Skinner. I love that, my man. Um, would you? Are you drafting these guys or are you watch listing these guys? Devin Levi, I'd probably take a swing on late. Like, in, you know, if it's a deeper league or something, you're just late in the draft. Um, Dustin Wolf, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that's a watch list guy for me. Like, I'm not drafting him, but right. just keep an eye on him. If, some, if there's an injury, you know, right away, He's going to come in, play some games, and, and could steal the net at some point. Um, and then looking at some other guys here, Dawson Mercer. I really like Dawson Mercer for next yeah. year. I don't wait for lives to be over. Uh, 164 career games. So again, that 200-game breakout that we've been talking about, if you put any stock in that one. Uh, but 27 goals and 56 points in 82 games last season. Uh, he looks slotted to play with Timo Meyer and Nico Heischer in the Devil's Top 6 could be a big big year for that man so keep him in mind yeah i love it buddy these are awesome um yeah i'm a, I'm a big fan of these ross colton obviously is a guy that we love here at apples and genos obviously it's going to come down to his deployment um but he's such an efficient scorer um and and yeah. he's a great category league player so if he gets any time in the top six like i'm loving life there with colton i think you know if, could he i like they've got drew on the first line there potentially <laughs> right but I don't yeah. know. They could put Colton up there. Put Colton up there. What are we doing? Um, or you know, so um, I'm excited about that player. Um, Owen Tippett as well is another guy we're really big on here. I think he's going to get a lot yeah. of opportunity in Philly there because they they don't have a ton. And but what they do have, they're having some guys coming back like Couturier, even Atkinson, like um, just some better players that can help out on the power play. Couturier in in particular, like he's a really good player. I know he's been laid uh, laid up for a long time, so I don't really know what to expect there, but. Um, I am excited about that. Um, you know, but Devin Levi and Dustin Wolf, that's an interesting one for me. I've, I've seen, I actually just listened to the NHL Fantasy on Ice uh, podcast today. 
And they okay. love Devin Levi. They're like they're they're putting him as a lock for the number one goalie there, and they're ranking him, you know, in in their I think their top fifteen or I, I can't remember now. But okay, interesting. Uh, to me, yeah, like there's no clear path to him for for starts, right? Devin, <laughs> what are you doing here? It, I mean, Eric Comrie, sure, get the hell out of my sight, but Uko Pekkalukkanen, yeah. this this guy, he earned the chance to play next season, right? Like um, he's a young stud as well. Like both those guys are great. And to your point too, Devin Levi and Dustin Wolf, these guys are too good to be playing in the minors. They're, they're, they've done all they can do there. They need to be up. Yeah. Um, but I don't see a super clear path for both, both at least not this season. So I'm probably staying away from Devin Levi uh, unless he's on the waiver wire and I'll just keep an eye on that, you know, as the season goes on. But um, yep. Dust, Dustin Wolf is an exciting one for me too. I, I agree with you. I think... You know, Markstrom's, he's going to have a little bit of leash there, right? Um, and I like him a lot as a zero-G goalie this year. I've said that in a few podcasts because Agreed. he's fading down to like 180. You can pick up a volume starter who's one year removed from a Vezina nomination, okay? Like that, you don't forget how to be a goalie. You, you, <laughs> you know, there's something going on, something stank, right? You got the Sutter factor and so probably some personal stuff, probably some injury stuff. Who the hell knows, right? But it's yeah. a new season. Um, this guy's locked in for a big contract. Like I think, I like Markstrom for a bounce back because um, you know Calgary as a team actually. You know, uh, fun fact here: I talked about Carolina, their Corsi for and Corsi against being you know first overall in both. Calgary was second overall in both. They were second nice. in Corsi for per sixty and second in goals against uh, or Corsi against. Yet Markstrom played like absolute ass. You know, like it, it's just. <laughs> He just had a bad season, right? And you can kind of put that on Markstrom. So for whatever's going on. So I like the environment there for Markstrom. I think he can bounce back, but I don't know. Yeah, what do you think? Do you think those um, do those numbers change at all with Sutter out of the picture? Like, Because that's his that's his, his MO, right? Like he's yeah. very much a defensive-minded coach. Um, I wonder, I don't know enough about this new coach they brought in here, uh, what his style is, but I, I think that could affect some of their defensive structure. I'm just curious what happens there. Yeah, I mean, well, you look at the defensemen they have, though, right? Like, they've got oh, sure. like this, just a crazy stable there. I mean, you know, Uyghur, like, first year with his new team, he's going to be better. And he was decent last season. It's just, I think people yep. were pissed off because there was no offensive production, right? We thought there was going to be yep. something there. No. But, I mean, Noah Hannafin, ridiculous. Chris Tanev, this is a glue guy. Like you got Chris Tanev on your team, you're loving life. Like that, he's a big reason yeah. why those numbers kind of are, at least defensively, are the way they are. Like he's so good, right? He just can't stay healthy. So I like their defensive core. They got um, Oliver. How do you say this man's name? Kylington. It's not Kylington. It's like something. Shillington. Else. Shillington. Shillington. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I like him coming back. He's the, like their six D. Love it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I expect, and plus the the new coach is he was Sutter's like assistant, wasn't he? So. Um, he yeah, has there's something there. Yeah, he has like an idea. Like I'm sure he's he's not going to just break free of of everything they did well. You know, he's going to kind of keep that. I, I don't know. I'm 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 digressing a little bit here, but I do like Calgary for a bounce back. But if Markstrom falters, I think it's going to be Dustin Wolf, not Vladar, that comes in and gets the yeah. biz. Um, I'm excited about that player. I drafted him in a dynasty league uh, with my second overall pick. I you know, I was pretty happy about that. Um, okay, not second nice. overall. Sorry, my second pick. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I think I picked Luke Hughes in my first one. So there you go. Oh, that's all right. Love Luke Hughes. Yeah. So yep. um, yeah, I'm low key excited. Well, that's another one. I didn't mention him, but he's going to have a big season next year actually in, in new jersey so yeah I, I think you know dougie hamilton uh he might have to share a little bit there um i i like luke hughes um i think he 
you could get 35, 40 points next to you. Not too bad, not too shabby. And then if Dougie yeah. goes down, oh my God, blast off. Time. Oh boy. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Yep. Buddy, that's the battle right there. All right. It was a hard fought battle. I think we know that you are the victor and that's fine. All right. I'll take it on the chin <laughs> as I usually do. But, you know, me losing equals value for the listeners. All right. And I like that. All right. So, uh, buddy, before I let you go, why don't you tell us um, uh, where we can find you on the socials and whatnot and what you guys got cooking over there at uh, the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast. Yeah, for sure. Check us out. Uh, fantasyhockeyhacks.com is our website. We've got some of our projections, blog posts, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we've joined the Heavy Hockey Network this year as well. So heavyhockey.net or .com, sorry, excuse me. Um, lots of great content over there. Lots of uh, Oilers-centric stuff, but they're trying to just produce more uh, more general hockey content as well. Uh, they actually had Reed Wilkins on tonight on Oilers Live podcast. So oh, nice. uh, they've managed to wrangle up some pretty good guests themselves. Uh, we've got Mike Lomato coming up, like I said, and a few other heavy hitters for the remainder of the year. Uh, Nate's coming on later. I think we've got Ian Gooding coming up in September. So lots to watch out for there. Um, we're on all your podcast directories, but check us out on Twitter. That is where we are most active at FHHacks. Exactly. We're, we're, we're banding together. Apples and Genos and the Fantasy Hockey Hacks. We're crushing. All right. We're Love taking it. over. All right. <laughs> That's how we do. But, buddy, thank you so much for making time. And thank you so much for coming back uh, to finish the episode. All right. Um, uh, fun fact as well. Uh, if you go back to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks stream there, uh, the episode I guested on, it was terrible uh, technically for me. I uh, Yeah. Like the first <laughs> 10 minutes I was in and out with my Internet connection. So um, we're, we're 0 for 2 here, Devin. So we'll have to, you know, the next time we'll have to, you know, make sure we got all our ducks in, in, in a row here. You know what? When when f- great fantasy minds collide, it's just sometimes there's there's issues with the electrical. <laughs> right. happens, I, yeah, I like where you're going with that. It breaks the internet. All right, that's there what happens, <laughs> and that's our story, and we're sticking to it, buddy. Thank yeah. you so much. I really appreciate that. Everybody, go check out Fantasy Hockey Hacks if you aren't already. You got to get that juicy content in your ear holes. That's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary. necessary.